This podcast is not safe for work and will feature movie spoilers. It will feature scenes described of a graphic nature. It will contain language which most listeners may find offensive. Welcome to the podcast Under the Stairs. Hi everyone and welcome to the podcast Under the Stairs. This is episode 362. I'm your host Duncan McLeish. Welcome to the show. Up on this episode we continue our week of summer series content on the zero episodes. There has already been two episodes dropped this week. The first one on Monday covering 1970. Yesterday's episode covered 1980. Today, obviously, we're on 1990 with another two movies going head-to-head. On this episode, you will hear myself and my special guest host, secret guest host, cover two movies with an optional third. That optional third is a chance to talk about something that we didn't think would necessarily make the cut but was worthy of conversation regardless. The two movies though that will be going head to head on this one are William Peter Blatty's The Exorcist 3 Legion and it's going head to head with a movie that some folks out there think that we maligned, we forgot, in fact we did dirty on our original recording. We're bringing Tremors to the big table. Will it live up to its hype? in the arena of battle. Time will tell after the first break. Before we get to that, as always, let's catch up with where we are under the stairs. Yeah, like I said, third episode dropping this week. Tomorrow, you're getting a little bonus episode. It's movie club time. We're going to be looking at her penultimate episode in the Steve Miner movie club reviews. We're going to be doing Warlock, your reviews, and uh, today was a cut-off, so if you didn't get in by the time you're listening to this, ain't making its way on the episode. Then on Friday, we'll be dropping the final episode of our summer series, Zero Episodes, for the week. We'll be doing the year 2000 with another special mystery guest host and another two movies going head to head before we allow you the opportunity to enjoy your weekend. On the Teapots Collective, nothing going on. A whole lot of nothing going on. So enjoy it. Enjoy this, uh, this... Slightly busy couple of days and then a weekend to relax before we kick it back off with the Ones episode with 1971 dropping on Monday. That is you all caught up ladies and gents so let's do this shall we? Allow me to introduce you to the summer series. Of course allow me to introduce you to the podcast under the stairs and most importantly welcome to 1990. You see that crap? All that horror crap? Things coming out of crates and eating people. Dead people coming back to life. People turning into weeds, for Christ's sake. Well, yes, I did, but I... Well, you want them reading that stuff? Well, no, but... All right, then. I took care of it. That's why God made fathers, babe. That's why God made fathers. But I have proof, and... Tonight, I'm going to show you something. You are mine! You are mine! Ah! Ah! 
every humiliation which stood in his way could be swept aside by this simple act of annihilation. You have died! Murder. Lick my plate, you dog bitch! Murder. Lick my plate, you dog bitch! I believe in the life eternal! As promised to us by our Lord Jesus Christ! It is time to keep your appointment with the Wicker Man. Boy! 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 What do you want? This simple act of annihilation. Murder. Wolfman's got Mars! Most of all, fuck you! Fuck you, asshole. That's fucking crazy, man. Dad, hey, Dad, where the hell is Arts Pro? God damn, motherfucker got blood all over my best clown suit. <laughs> You stupid bitch, you fucking slut! Did you fuck with me? Most of all, fuck you! Because I cut up his legs. And his arm. And his head. And I'm gonna do the same to you. Welcome back, ladies and gents. Oh yeah, this is the penultimate episode of the week for Summer Series. We are rolling into the year that was 1990. Now, this whole week kicking off our Summer Series has been uh, surprise after surprise with mystery guest host after mystery guest host. And we're keeping those mysteries a-dropping here with uh, my third mystery guest host. We will be uh, joining us again on the five episode coming up later on but once again as I've explained on previous episodes not in the corresponding year so this guy ain't doing 1995 when we come to the five episodes rather something else but we're not giving that away on this episode we're keeping that year close to us the man joining me at this time to discuss 1990 is a friend of the podcast and one of the hosts over at no more room in hell is of course the phenomenal Mike Merriman how's it going Mike it's going well, Duncan. Glad to be here again this year. So, uh, how are you doing? I'm doing really well, man. I, 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 what we have found whilst running through this particular week of pods thus far is, for the most part, the, the, the guest hosts and myself have been almost one mind. So, we will see if that continues on this episode or if everything will turn to shit. But, Jim, mate, <laughs> you, you never tell. <laughs> Um, the the fun thing about this is like 1990 was as a as an episode from the original run was the one that caused a shitstorm 
mostly because of the list of movies that we looked at originally for 1990. Uh, there was an obvious exception, that exception being a movie that is now going to be discussed on this episode. And I would love to say it's because, you know, we genuinely forgot to do it. But that wasn't the case. The hosts themselves all had their favourite movies and we all leaned into it, uh, thinking the other host would pick it. And then we all cut off our nose to spite our face. So we will see if that makes any difference here on this episode. The original 1990 episode, the two movies that went through representing the year, were kind of almost unimpeachable, if I'm honest. Uh, Misery and Jacob's Ladder feel like, yeah, they're probably the best two movies of that year. And that third spot is where all the interesting conversation came in. Between myself and yourself, we have sat down, we have uh, re-examined the list of remaining movies. We've also went out into the ether to see if there was anything else worthy of note. And we have kind of settled down on two movies that we think are contenders for that third spot, but also an honourable mention that we want to do while we're here. Um, so what I'll do is I'll give the information up. I will then, I'll then bring you in and we'll roll with your movie first, Mike, and then we'll see why you picked it. Um, get our comments uh, so the two movies that will be leading the charge for the third spot on 1990 are Exorcist 3 versus a little movie that people may know as Tremors i.e. the movie we forgot to do on the original 90 episode that everyone hated us for not doing so that's the two that are going head to head as an honourable mention, and we'll swing to after our movie discussion here, we're going to talk about the Night of the Living Dead remake from 1990, um, helmed by Tom Savini, who, I know what you're thinking, the special effects guy, yeah, he directs shit, he does stuff. Um, Mike, so let me set you up for this one here, Exorcist 3, uh, based on the novel by William Peter Blatty, and directed by William Peter Blatty, um, the cast, George C. Scott, Ed Flanders, Brad Dourif, Jason Miller... Nicole Williamson, Scott Wilson, Nancy Fish, etc, etc. Synopsis for this one is the police lieutenant uncovers more than he bargained for as his investigation of a series of murders which have all the hallmarks of the deceased Gemini serial killer lead him to question the patience of a psychiatric ward. Uh, a little bit of trivia here for this movie. The Gemini killer was inspired by the real life Zodiac killer. Uh, William Peter Blatty wanted the film simply to be titled Legion, just like his novel of the same name. The producers, however, wanted the title to be Exorcist 3 for commercial reasons, but I even tried to convince them to alter it to The Exorcist 1989 and The Exorcist 1990 in order to distance itself from Exorcist 2, The Heretic from 1977, which he despised. But I had to settle for Exorcist 3 notwithstanding. And then, finally, uh, William Peter Blatty had hoped to recover the deleted footage from the Morgan Creek vaults so that he might reassemble the original cut of the film, which he said was rather different from what was released. Unfortunate for Blatty and for the fans who had been clamouring for such a release, the footage was lost for many years. On June 28, 2007, Blatty's wife sent the following comments to a fan site. My husband tells me that it's the Morgan Creek's claim that they have lost all the footage, including the alternate opening scene in which Kinderman's views on the body of Canis in the morgue right after he falls down the steps. What a shame. However, 
The missing footage was finally found in 2016 and Blatty's original version was restored shortly before his death the following year in 2017. Mike Merriman, this is your pick, my friend. Um, why do you think this movie is worthy of that third spot? Can I just start off by saying that, like, we need a, a podcast series or an investigative documentary series just on discovering lost footage from movies, how they just, we don't know where it went, and then, like, years later, oh, it was randomly found in the shed. Yeah, you know, you, know. It's, it's, I, I, you know what I think it is? This is my theory on this, is I think they've sent a man to do it. Like, see if my wife asked me to go and find something that's in a cupboard, and I open the cupboard and I can't see it directly in front of me. To me, it's lost for all eternity. So <laughs> I, think that's what, I think that's what I think someone just cast a very quick eye over it and was like, nah, not there. Must have been destroyed. <laughs> so when I talk to or when I talk about Exorcist 3 in general, I, I kind of like to open it with like a spiel of like the Exorcist, the original, it's it's kind of stands alone mm -hmm. on the mantle, right? It It's it's one of a kind as far as reaching the height um i it, it's almost like uh bob marley is to reggae he <laughs> ruined it for the rest of the genre that's not to that's not to say that you know there's not some other good uh reggae music but uh if so if your friend says they want to listen to reggae more or less they want to listen to bob marley yeah, yeah. when it comes to yeah when it comes to this genre of movie are you gonna find other fun like possession or exorcism movies sure they're not all bad after the exorcist but i mean really has that hype been captured again i would say no but what what to me what the exorcist 3 does so great is it doesn't try to be the exorcist again right yeah. it, it definitely has some elements there um and we it's like we get just enough to let us know the connective tissue to the original Exorcist, but um, we're, we're not basically getting a redo of the Exorcist. And I think that's right off the bat, that's one of the biggest strengths. Now, maybe at the time when it first came out and people were expecting that, maybe it would have uh, caused some like side eye, like what is this? It, it feels like some type of uh, uh, murder mystery detective movie, you know? But I think over the years, and rightfully so, it has been elevated. The other thing, I'll, the other thing I'll bring up too is, you know, I have kids. They're not really the age of watching like The Exorcist yet. But yeah. let's just say in a few years, uh, they want to watch it. Chances are they would have seen already seen so many parodies, so many satires, so many pop culture references to the original Exorcist that they probably go in fully knowing, and half of it's ruined in the, in the sense that there's almost going to be nothing about it they don't know yeah. Exorcist 3 not the case I, I think most people would go into Exorcist 3 now and it would feel very fresh like yes there's some possession stuff um, you know some religious stuff but there's so much more to it that uh, hasn't really been repeated since hasn't been um, uh, mimicked to any significant amount since I, I feel like it almost kind of stands alone itself in in the genre and i it, it's one of the movies that gets stronger with every watch to me you just recently watching it for this I, I was just one blown away by the cast again i love that um 
there's many more battles going on in this movie besides just good and evil, right? I mean, just the George C. Scott character himself, just uh, his guilt and everything going into that, his frustration, his pretty much disbelief for the majority of the movie until he finally gives in. Um, I just think from start to finish, it's 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 a mind trip of a movie as much as anything else. And what we do get once once it gets dark and you know exorcismy stuff happens, I think it, it's built up great. And by the time we get to it, it's just done so well. It, it's it's dark. It it remains to be scary. I mean, it goes without saying, one of if not the best jump scare. Yeah uh in horror history i just think it has a lot going for it and what a recovery after exorcist 2 right <laughs> oh god yeah anything anything was a was a marked improvement there i have a lot of time for this movie i think um like i remember seeing the exorcist 3 a long long time ago and it would have been in its you know original theatrical cut version and really digging it like really 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 digging it and for, for all the reasons you mentioned it's like on some level it's kind of a movie that's almost damned if it does kind of trade off the exorcist name and damned if it doesn't you know like because as soon as you put that in the title people are going to expect certain things that this movie didn't really want to do that ultimately was kind of shoehorned in to do that don't necessarily feel the tone of the movie so to speak the all the investigative stuff and the, the kind of possession stuff on that side weighted up with the you know the, the guilt that um kinderman's carrying and, and the kind of fallout of that is the really interesting stuff in the movie the kind of demon possession stuff maybe less so but at the same time, if you don't have that, the you know, in the name, the marketing campaign is just basically going to say from the guy that wrote The Exorcist. And then people are going to walk in still expecting it. So it's either you might as well just shove it on the title and know that conversation out straight away than try and pretend it's not. So it's a kind of damned if you do, damned if you don't. Um, I also think that in itself, this movie is aided specifically by powerhouse performances. Like, hands down here, George C. Scott turns on an incredible performance. Brad Dourif is absolutely fucking incredible in this, but then Brad Dourif, Brad Dourif in general is fucking incredible in almost anything. Um, and you get you get a really good performance of him here in a, in a role that he almost weirdly reprises in the X-Files, what, like about two, three years later, uh, which is kind of kind of mm. weird. Um, but yeah, he's, he's incredible in this. It's, it's, the, it's the emotion in the watery eyes that he does. Um, I, I think that plays really, 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 really well. You're right. I mean, once again, I think like, ha even if you haven't seen The Exorcist 3, you're probably aware of that jump scare. And the thing about it is, even if you've seen it, even if you're aware of it, trying to work out exactly the timing of it becomes a bit of a mindfuck. Um, it, it, the shot hangs so long that you think, oh right, it's this time she's coming. No, it's not this time she comes out the door. Maybe it's not right, it's not that. And then it hits you again. I think it's, I think it's just genius. I think it's 
I, I know why people talk about it as much as they do, but there are other scenes in this movie that, that are just generally creepy. Old lady crawling across the ceiling is, is there's something mm. very unsettling about that. Um, even even like like even the way the movie kicks off has just this very unsettling vibe about it that I I think is great. But you see that second Exorcist movie left such a sour taste in everyone's mouth um, that you know I'm glad they took as long as they did to come back uh, before they did another one. And I think this one holds up. I you know I've obviously think anyone with a past interest has seen the director's cut and the director's cut's fine um i don't necessarily think it's you know it's a revelation and completely changes my views on the movie i like the new stuff that's that's in there from well the original stuff which has been added as new uh, i like that to be honest I, I quite dig the original cut as messy as it is as well i, I don't i don't mind it um, there is very few things I can mark Exorcist 3 down on, if I'm honest. I love the score, love the performances, I think it's got a good pacing throughout, I think it delivers what it needs to. And like you say, it's on the cusp of doing what a ton of movies would do in the 90s. Like the 90s is the, is the decade of the possessed killer or the killer that's found voodoo or the you know like the, the, the satanist killer who's trying to use it for some other like it is a wash of those and exorcist 3 kind of starts that without necessarily i think realizing it's going to start that and there are some of those satanic killer possession movies that are better than exorcist 3 so not the same level as a well the exorcist stands in its own genre and everything else is compared but weirdly i think Exorcist 3 sets out the formula of how to do it really well and you can easily see the movies that don't do it well are the ones that don't follow the formula so I mean in a lot of a lot of respects it's equally as trend setting as The Exorcist itself whereas I'm not aware of anyone using Exorcist 2 as a as a point of pride or reference for their movie so yeah i think that's i think think that stops there so i think it's i think it's a great pick i I genuinely do i remember when we were recording episode as well this movie got nothing but love however let me let me counter what you're saying with a movie that i got a lot of shit for not appearing on the show which once again i have to stress i am but one man and on that episode i want to talk about cat in the brain so shoot me (laughs) i want to talk about Fulci running around with an axe going crazy. That's the sort of guy I am, right? Someone else could have picked Tremors. It wasn't all on me. But it was noted that, I mean, when you look back at the decade of the 90s, arguably uh, one of the best kind of creature flicks is Tremors. So I thought, you know what? Let's give this a second crack at the whip. Let's see if how, when it is in the mix, if it does, in fact, you know, win out. Uh, so this one, directed by Ron Underwood, based on the story by S.S. Wilson, Brent Maddock, and Ron Underwood. Um, the movie stars Kevin Bacon, Fred Ward, Finn Carter, Michael Gross, Reba McIntyre, Bobby G- Jacoby, uh, Charlotte Stewart, Tony Gennaro, um, and Victor Wong. Synopsis for this one, natives of a small, isolated town defend themselves against strange underground creatures which are killing them one by one. Uh, some of the trivia for this one, although Tremors was not a big hit during its theatrical run, it became a runaway smash in the home video market and ultimately tripled its original box office gross with VHS sales and rentals. 
Uh, prior to the film's release, Bacon felt that his film was a career low. I broke down and fell to the sidewalk screaming to my pregnant wife, I can't believe I'm doing a movie about underground worms. Um, this is the first film for an actress and country singer known as Reba McIntyre. Um, and the last bit of trivia that we'll read here. Um, one idea by the special effects crew was for the worms to have an outer shell. When the so when above the dirt, the shell would retract to reveal a slimier inner worm. However, many production members started to giggle at the phallic resemblance it had with a foreskin. So this was changed, and the big worms sprouting several smaller worms from its mouth. So there we are. We almost had <laughs> giant dicks coming out of the ground, and that's a different movie for a different time different time um so yeah i picked this one because i thought you know what we're gonna take another run at this and i've done my parents for not picking tremors on that original run we did a russian roulette franchise retro i went through them all and ultimately what i found was i actually enjoyed tremors a lot more than i remembered enjoying it i had kind of went through life kind of of the opinion that tremors was fun that's probably where it stopped and not a lot else really had me going back and because I'm such a miserable, dour Scottish bastard, I don't often want to sit down and watch fun movies. I tend to watch things that are psychologically scarring. So I didn't often return to Tremors. Um, so then when I did that Russian Roulette franchise retro, I come off the back going, you know what, Tremors is kind of, in a lot of respects, this really great template for once again a lot of movies that kind of come after this one that kind of buddy idea is handled so well in here that you can see it in movies that come after whether it is something like a like a Shaun of the Dead or a, a Tucker and Dale you know this idea these these two characters who are you know kind of misfits and they don't necessarily fit in they aren't great at what they do but having to rise to the occasion with the, the comedic elements that run with it. And it does a whole hell of a lot well. I think the creature design is absolutely brilliant. I think the concept itself is kind of magical. And its delivery and pacing is just great. There isn't anything really about this film that you could sit there and say, ah, they maybe did a bit too much there. Or, ah, you know, it just runs a little bit too long. Or, you know what, the dialogue's a bit shit. Um, it hangs together really, really well. So much so that even when you're watching it now, what, 32 years later, I still think this movie, like, more than holds up. It, like, even with the, the, the recent Blu-ray releases and stuff, sitting down and watching it, it's, it's surprisingly well put together for a movie which is, you know, like Kevin Bacon thought, I'm in a giant worm, underground worm movie. That's kind of how this movie, I think, lulls you in. It lulls you in with that feeling that you're going to get something really cheesy, really schlocky and really trashy and then it kind of surprises you by being better than that. I think the casting is brilliant. This is a town, a small town of characters and all the characters in this movie are instantly memorable. Like if you're talking about any of these characters you know who they are because it's a relatively small cast but they feel like people that live together in the same way when you're watching like alien for the first time like when you see the people on the ship in alien you get the feeling that they have been traveling 
together for a while just with the way they interact with each other. It's kind of the same here. This does feel like a small kind of in the middle of nowhere town with all these people that are just misfits that have all ended up in the same place um, and all trapped at the same time. So I, I kind of love that, that element as well. And then it sets up, I mean, the biggest argument against Tremors could be that it's a, a relatively predictable movie. And you're not wrong about that, it is. Like, you will have seen Creature Features before this one, and Creature Features after this one that are 100% um, of the same template and formula. But I think what makes it remarkable, remarkable makes it stand out is that this movie should be nowhere near as good as it is. This one should be low-rent trash for the most part, but it somehow managed to wrangle in like at least at least one big A-lister, some great practical effects, a fun story, a great pace, and uh, a really good soundtrack as well. Actually, I love the soundtrack of it in this one. So yeah, actually, in hindsight, and I'll say it on this recording, Tremors probably should have been at the big table when we did our 1990 episode. I will also say though, if you if you ask me what makes the top two my top two would still be misery at jacob's ladder like I, those movies are infinitely better than trevor's so i you know i wouldn't have changed that but it should have been in there for discussion uh mike thoughts on tremors with your revisit how'd you get on so yeah i i originally saw this you know probably back in the vhs days yeah. renting it from the store pretty unassuming about it because i was too young to really always know what's at the theaters at the time um i, I think you summed it up best this, this is just a fun movie I, I think another word that comes to mind is wholesome because yeah. in this i think um I, you know you you've mentioned with both our movies so far kind of setting up things for future movies and i, I think something else this movie does really well is it really depicts like small town America in in a positive and accurate light. I, I feel there's a timeless element to this where if you drove out to the middle of a desert and found like a little tiny town, even in 2022, it would resemble what it looked like in this 1999 or 1990 movie. It, it, it's, it's very similar because in a lot of ways they're cut off from greater society, but it doesn't make them any less it's just the way they live and and i think what they something they do brilliant in this movie is everyone has their perks but nobody's written to be so over the top such like such a crazy stereotype mm -hmm. that it detracts from the movie everyone is just who they are in a small town living how they choose to live because they're out in the middle of nowhere um i think the concept is excellent uh this is kind of these underground worm-like creatures that uh, no one knows too much about they're trying to figure it out as they go um and man it it manages to be very entertaining without like tons of kills either because for the most part most everyone survives you know for the most part but it's they still manage to get across that everyone is in real peril these things are out to get them they're not just kind of cruising through on their way to the next destination and they you know keep the cast on their toes the entire time mm -hmm. i think it gets creative because other than um 
other than uh, Reba and her husband, who are heavily armed, for the most part, everybody else is just kind of coming up with, you know, little gimmicks and uh, what they have on hand to combat. Um, I love that, you know, not every, not every one of these creatures are just killed with uh, guns and stuff. They come up with other ways. I just love the scene, the chase scene, where the thing runs itself into like the cement. Mm -hmm. uh, it's almost like some type of trench that they're uh, building. And I, I just think that's incredible. It's almost just like dumb luck that they took that one out. And uh, these things must smell horrible because I think that's a point made in like every time a, a different character comes in contact with one, that's like one of the first things they yeah. say. So. <laughs> <laughs> they must have made it a point in the script to like, make sure to get across that these things smell freaking terrible. <laughs> but yeah, this movie's fun. Uh, it, it's, a, it's an easy one to throw on for families. It has lots of rewatchability to it because it's it's funny in spots. I think, the, like I said, the characters, they tend to uh, be funny without being funny characters, if that makes sense, right? Mm -hmm. um, and and I, I think it, it does just enough to present like what kind of danger they're actually in without being like over the top too, uh, too hard edged, you know, for uh, a family viewing. So I think Tremors, it's one of those movies that is it, is it going to be viewed as like this hardcore horror movie? Probably not. But it, at the same time, it really doesn't do anything bad or wrong. Nice, nice, right. We wanted to touch on this. Um, you suggested it, and I thought, you know what? Let's let's do it because it is one of those things that I think it's easy to overlook uh, because it's a remake of arguably one of the most important horror movies ever made. Um, so we're going to touch on it right here. So this is not in contention for that third spot, but I want to pay a little bit of homage, a little bit of lip service to Night of the Living Dead, the remake from 1990, directed by. Tom Savini. Um, Mike, you, you raised this up. I get the feeling, and I've, people know my opinions of this, I think it's a really good remake. Um, I don't love it as much as a lot of other people. Is this, the people I've spoken to in the past, this was their first like entry, so they saw this before the original. Is that the case with you, or had you seen the original first, then saw this one? Um... I'm pretty sure I still saw the original first, nice. but it had to have been around the same time just because of my age. And, you know, I think it's probably a familiar story with all the people you talk to about it because the first one being kind of public domain and no actual rights that like it could be bought up so easily by uh, whoever. And we had like a local uh, horror hosted show here every Friday. Or, it was either every Friday or Saturday. Mm -hmm. And it seemed like Night of the Living Dead was like, you know, at least like once every couple of months would be the movie because it, it's so cheap to license. Um, but because of the time period, this one was also making its way around TV and VHS too and uh i think for like a little bit of time i didn't even know it was a remake just because i was a kid and i didn't know you you didn't always know the concepts of like uh, is this a sequel is this different uh because i don't know back then if people even referred to it as a 19 or night of the living dead 1990 right mm -hmm. i think they just it was just night of the living dead um and yeah obviously it was a remake but uh sometimes as a kid like things are similar but you notice the differences especially in the barber character i would say 
But yeah, I still saw the original first, but it had to have been pretty close uh, that I saw this one afterwards. Nice, yeah. I think I'm the same as you. I just have a distinct memory of seeing the original before this one, but I didn't see this one till much later on. I want to say the like remake for me was very late 90s, possibly early 2000s before I before I saw this. I don't know why it had taken so long. You know, I knew who Tom Savini was by then for sure. Um, and I, I wasn't as if I was so much of a purist that, you know, the, the idea of someone remaking that movie offended me at all. Um, I Like I say, I think it does a ton of things really, really, really well. I think, the, you know, the, the fact that we kind of switch things up and let you see. Um, the Barbara character becomes a more empowered one, which I think is a... If you're going to remake a movie, I think it's best to update it for the times um, or take a different spin on it or if, or if technology's changed, really lean into that. And they kind of do that with this one. They update it in the, the smartest possible way. Um, and they, they handle that really well. Obviously, Savini is, you know... Uh, <laughs> he's, he's, he knows what he's doing. Let's put it that way. He, he knows what he's doing. He's worked with Romero so much that I think a lot of that had rubbed off on him. Um, I know he originally wanted to shoot it in black and white and then add colour slowly as the movie went through. I'm kind of glad that that doesn't happen in a lot of respects. I know some people like watching this one in black and white and I'm kind of against that as well and that I have my black and white version of Night of the Living Dead. Um, I've also seen that black and white version colourised and it's fucking horrible. Uh, so I kind of like this one as it is, I think the casting's really good as well. Uh, so yeah, I think it's one of those ones that is, is worth raising out there. What's interesting is, like in the last four or five years, this one's gained a bit of traction, and I don't know if that's like off the back of things like the Shudder service, um, Joe Broadbigs and that sort of stuff, you know, kind of elevating, once again, its attention, or kind of bringing people back to it. But it seems to be more popular, makes more lists and stuff now than it did you know, like 10 years ago. Um, so it's kind of it's kind of great to see. Uh, right, Mike. The business at hand here, my friend. Um, we've got one spot left. I will be honest with you. I'm going to put my cards down right now. I am not so precious on either one here. Right? This is not, this is not the one that I'm going to be like, we need to do Tremors. And I know people are listening to saying, fuck's sake, Duncan, you had one job. I brought it to the dance. Uh, I, I'm sitting down here. Tremors is a fine, fine, fine pick. It really, really is. And I think if it was on the list, it adds a bit of colour. It adds a bit of diversity. It brings, it brings a bit, I, I don't know, it brings a bit more entertainment to the list. That being said, Exorcist 3 is a fucking great movie as well that I really enjoy. Here is what I will say to you. I'm not saying this is what should sway you, but this is how I feel, is I think when it comes to the final list next year, and I have a you know, a pool of like 20 horror hosts, I think Tremors would score higher amongst a group of horror podcasters with different interests and backgrounds than Exorcist 3 would. Because I know a few of the hosts are not as keen on it and think it is a movie with one great jump scare and a lot of fluff around it. So, 
what I'm saying is I will not push a point here. I will not drive a point down. I will make an observation. And if you want to agree with that observation, that is great. If you're vehemently against tremors, then at the same time, I kind of get it. I kind of get it. I understand where you're coming from. But I think I've, I've said this many times before. I don't think I've ever met anyone that dislikes tremors. But I have met people <laughs> that dislike Exorcist 3. So, um, any, what was your gut, where's, where's your gut taking you? Is it taking you Exorcist 3 or, uh, can you see where I'm coming from, Mike? Well, Duncan, I was hoping that you were prepared to give me a long bullet list presentation of why I should be tremors. <laughs> and so far you said, uh, because other people will be happy with it and, uh, I'm not known to make others happy all the time, you, yeah. but, uh, <laughs> you know, I think this 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 matchup is interesting because it's two totally unlike movies from oh, yeah. the genre, right? Mm -hmm. It's hitting very different points um, under the umbrella of horror. Now, me personally, without even getting into either movie, nine times out of ten, I'm probably going to side with like the hard R a movie attempting to scare you, yeah. and not in like the fun family hijinks like you know oh the kids might get a kick out of this type thing but like just the hard are like this is trying to be a terrifying movie yeah is it successful in that way with everybody perhaps not but there's no doubt that that's what they're going for in it so based on that standard alone i would personally lean towards exorcist 3 yep but um it, it, it's like if we if this was like a full panel of five people and I was being outvoted for uh, to go with, uh, to Tremors, would I be upset about it? Probably not, because like I said, Tremors doesn't really have flaws in itself either. I think this is more just like a personal preference type situation. Yeah. Because it's yeah, because just with these two movies, it's hard to do like a side by side comparison because they're just too different, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, my arrows lean, or you know, trending towards Exorcist three. But uh, I don't know. What are we gonna do to yeah? Well, no, make I, a like final I say, decision. Yeah, like, like I said, I'm not. I'm like I'm not overtly. There are certain years that I have a like a pick in mind where I'm like, yeah, you're gonna have to like drag me kicking and screaming from my my, my microphone to stop me talking about it. And this year just isn't one of them. Um, at all, uh, like I said, either movie on the list is fine with me. There was about another two or three that were on the original list that I think are equally capable of a third position without me kind of feeling like we've we've gone away and fucked up. I think it was more the the bringing this to us. I think if we if we quantify that here's a quantification if we're if we're quantifying horror movies, just out and out horror movies, Exorcist three is the horror movie of the two. I don't think Tremors is a necessarily scary movie, nor does it do it. That being said, it is definitely in the horror genre. In the same way like a movie like Tucker and Dale is in the horror genre. You know, it's you know it, it's it's playing within the genre tropes, the stereotypes and the execution and creature features have just widely been regarded as that for the longest time. And with those caveats, it's probably one of the best kind of just out and out buddy creature pictures ever made and worthy of that as well 
So, uh, uh, this is going to be very uncharacteristically um, a Duncan thing to do on one of these ones. I will give you final say, Mike, on this. I, I will say just now, I'm not... Like, either one I'm happy with. Either one going through. So whatever you want from this recording, I will give you. No strings attached. Don't think that this is going to... This is going to come back to bite you on the next recording. It won't. Um, whatever one you want to put forward, I will side with it. No, like, we'll reluctantly put that. Not doing that. Whatever you want goes through. All right. Well, you managed to do something just now that I was <laughs> I was kind of waiting to see if you would make this argument in favor of Tremors. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and because of your uh, masterful summary <laughs> in, in two sentences... I'm gonna I'm gonna go against my DNA and throw uh, I guess the the host at large a bone here. Oh, what guy! I will allow I will allow tremors to go through for the good of the uh, debates and conversations in the future because the one point you made that I actually do agree with is out of these two movies. <laughs> I think it can. It, I think it can be argued, which you kind of just said that what Tremors does, mm -hmm. it is elite at. It might be the best example of what it does. Where Exorcist Three, it's it does everything great, but there's probably similar things you could point to that do it better. Tremors, I don't know if you can say that. You know, yeah. as far as kind of like the small town buddy fun horror movie, and like I, I will go back to the word wholesome. It just feels. Like that movie you could put on for anybody and sometimes that's what you need in the genre right to get people uh into it that might not you know they're not gonna sit down and be ready to watch exorcist 3 with no context or reference or just the just the name exorcist holds certain things to it where tremors you could probably you know talk the group into watching that and not knowing anything about it um and just you know explain it's a fun it's a fun crowd pleasing movie so um i will lock away the beast for now that uh, was ready to make a lot of people <laughs> mad <laughs> if, yeah. if they know me from last year right <laughs> yeah well you you've literally i i don't i don't know if you intended to do this but you've made jp and jerry herring very happy men right now so um, that's an unintended consequence of picking tremors. Uh, right, there we go. Yeah, do, do I have do I have time to change my mind? <laughs> <laughs> it's locked in now. It's locked in. Uh, right, ladies and gents, there we go. Represent 1990 and the third place. We're putting forward tremors. Some would argue we're righting the wrongs. I am saying that that by not putting on that episode, I have made this episode more interesting that's right flip it reverse it and you're welcome listeners mike i want to thank you for joining me you will be back on the fives episode i'm not letting the people know what year it is they will be surprised when it drops in a few weeks time however you're a busy guy you've got horror stuff on podcasts that you do yourself let the listeners out there know where they can check out your shit all right so currently my shows are on dark discussions and network uh no more room in hell kind of like the main all-encompassing show movies news 
uh, hot topics in the genre is myself, Mr. Venom, Jerry Cortez, and Derek. Uh, and then Fresh Cuts is the weekly show where we cover a new release, either theatrical or VOD, depending. We will always trend with theatrical uh, when available, but as we know, not something new comes out every week in the theater. So, yeah, VOD will uh, be a pick. I also have decided to start uploading all the episodes on YouTube as well, just to give it another place to be found. And surprisingly, it's it's doing pretty decent with views. I, I don't really advertise the YouTube that much because I don't... I call YouTube proper if you're actually doing video, right? I don't yeah. do video content at this time. I just don't have the resources and time. So it's like YouTube as a sort of uh, backup or option for people that would prefer to use that. Um, but yeah, those are the two main shows. And I do have other stuff in works, actually, that I just am not announcing oh. it. Yeah, but we're, we're kind of uh, doing the... The No More Room in Hell, it's not, it's not looking to become a network or anything, but we're doing producing more shows under the banner. Yeah. Uh, like you, uh, Jerry uh, Cortez Venom has, they've started Creature Comforts, right? And they put that the No More Room in Hell presents. Mm -hmm. So we're kind of just expanding uh, in that way. So nice. yeah, fun, you know, you know, go through those cycles where it's like, I don't have time to do this anymore, but I'm just going to add more shows. Yeah. So, <laughs> well, I don't know. I, I don't think, know how that works, but <laughs> it's a podcasters curse. Like I, I, I think I'm, I'm fairly sure like two years ago, I was like that. I'm dropping down to one a week and that's never happened. I don't think there was ever a week where I've just put out one episode of anything. So yeah, I think whenever we, I think we, whenever we say we don't have the time to do it, it's almost like a challenge to ourselves to do something extra and then somehow we manage to do well, it. Yeah, it's, well, it's like the minute I slow down on actually doing shows so I can start watching movies, like more movies again, mm -hmm. just for the fun of it. Then what happens is like I've watched them and now I want to talk. You about want to talk them, about so. them, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, ladies and gents, we're gonna take a final break of this episode. When we come back, I'll be recontextualizing what this means for summer series thus far. Um, Mike will be joining me again on one of the episodes on the five week, and that'll be coming out real soon. I will be closing out the show though right after this. <laughs> You're listening to the podcast Under the Stairs. And you've been listening to the podcast Under the Stairs. This has been episode 362. This has been your 1990 episode of the Summer Series. The penultimate one of this week looking at the zeros. And we have it. It's locked in. It is official, and I hate to say that they told us so, but all the ones moaning that Tremors didn't make it to the big old stage have got their wish. Tremors up, sitting at the big table, uh, feasting with the mighty and the proud on this episode. Now, ladies and gents, what does that actually mean? Well, in short, snappy and uh, concise terms it means we have done a great job and there's still work to be done now the work that's to be done is going to be pretty exhaustive because we aren't even finished our first week yet and things have never been more 
Intense. That's the word we're going to use. Tremors joins Jacob's Ladder and Misery, but, you know, this is just the start of something that is going to go intensio. It's a kind of version of coffee, which is really strong, and you have it at espresso form, and I really wish it had three, because I'm already starting to feel that summer series fatigue. Do you feel the weight of the decisions crashing down? And we're still only dealing with a surprise host and a small pull of movies. Next week, we're branching out to many voices and a lot more movies, and with more movies comes more choice, comes more decisions, comes more options and opportunities for us to fuck up. Now, in keeping with what we've been doing this week, I went to the Facebook group page, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash teapotscast, and I said, group, here are your two movies, Exorcist 3, Legion, and Tremors. What one? do you think should be sitting at the big table and astoundingly and I say this with no kind of amount of well there's an amount of surprise but at the same time like humbled is a word that's maybe flung around a little bit too much without any any full-on appreciation for how quickly you can see that you made the wrong decision 58% of the listenership voted for Tremors with 42% voting for Exorcist 3 which means once again the listeners and the hosts reunited and it feels so good we have tremors all locked in, this is the world of the people and the world of the show and we'll see where it goes tomorrow with our final two movies now as always there's a multitude of ways to check out podcasts under the stairs, wherever you're listening to right now subscribe, that way you get the shows as and when they drop and access to the entire back catalogue of Teapots content Please check out our sister feed, The Teapots Collective. Over there, I do shows like Where to Begin With, Opera Omnia, Doing the Nasty, and Chronicle. Subscribing to both the feeds are, well, it's the best way. It's the only way to support what I do under the stairs. Alternatively, if you want to go to one place, a one-stop shop, if you will, of everything I do, that's our website, teapotscast.com. Links to all the shows are there as well as a link to Jaws' Shite and other regrettable outbursts. A booze-based banter entertainment podcast featuring myself, The Baz and Scott Liam from Scott Liam vs. Evil. Jaws' Shite can be found at teapotscast.com. If you're on Facebook and you want to get involved with some of the polls we're doing for summer series or just in general get involved with some of the action over there, it's facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash teapotscast. Alternatively, if you want to go to our Facebook page... For the Teapots Collective, it's facebook.com forward slash cast. If you want to get down, dirty, post weird news stories or just in general basking of wrongness, that is the Facebook group page for Jaws' Shite. That's facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash regrettable pod. The podcast under the stairs will return for you, ladies and gents. We will be doing that tomorrow when we do Movie Club. This is the penultimate episode of our Steve Miner four-part series and we're looking at Warlock, so we'll get your reviews of that movie. And then, on Friday, it's the final summer series episode of the week, looking at the year 2000. Until then, though, wherever you are, what the time zone is and whatever you're up to in this big bad world of ours, please take care of yourselves out there. This is Duncan McLeish broadcasting live from under the stairs and I am signing off. Dig. The chills that you spend.